reading to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Verse 1, hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, and as the, uh, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. Do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath bought thee? Hath he not made thee? And establish thee. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee. Thy elders and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance. When he separated the sons of Adam. He set the bounds of the people. According to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the waste, howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock, butter of kine and milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the fat of the kidneys of wheat. Thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils and not to gods. To gods whom they knew not. To new gods that came newly up whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat thee thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it. He abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled in mine anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. 
I will heap mischiefs upon them. I will spend mine arrows upon them. They shall be burnt with hunger and devoured with burning heat and with bitter destruction. I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust. The sword without and terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also with the man of gray hairs. I said, I would scatter them into corners. I would make, them the, remember, I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy, <coughs> lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely, and lest they should say, Our hand is high, and the Lord hath not done all this. For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is the vine of Sodom and and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes, (coughs) excuse me, are grapes of gall, and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asps. Is not this laid in store with me and sealed up among my treasures? To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. <clears throat> their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants when he seeth that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. And he shall say, Where are their gods, their rock in whom they trusted, which did eat the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offerings? Let them rise up and help you and be your protection. See now that I, even I am he, And there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. For I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. If I whet my glittering sword and mine hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies and will reward them that hate me. I will make mine arrows drunk with blood, and my sword shall devour flesh, and that with the blood of the slain and of the captives from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and be merciful unto his land and to his people. And Moses came and spake all the words of this song in the ears of the people, he and Hosheah, the son of Nun. And Moses made an end of speaking all these words to all Israel. And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. For it is not a vain thing for you, because it is your life. 
And through this thing ye shall prolong your days in the land, whither ye go over Jordan to possess it. And the Lord spake unto Moses that selfsame day, saying, Get thee up into this mountain Abarim, unto Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab that is over against Jericho. And behold the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel for a possession. And die in the mount whither thou goest up, and be gathered unto thy people as Aaron thy brother died in Mount Hor and was gathered unto his people. Because ye trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. Because ye sanctified me not in the midst of the children of Israel. Yet thou shalt see the land before thee, but thou shalt not go thither unto the land which I give the children of Israel. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. It's a long chapter, a chapter of judgment, but let's put it in its proper context. In its proper context, Moses taught the children of Israel this song before they went into the land so that they would be warned of the consequences of apostasy after they got into the land. The Lord gave the song to them before they apostatized. This is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's a great mercy from the Lord. We might say that throughout the scripture, the Lord advertises the consequences of disobedience, the consequences of apostasy. He warns us ever and again. And you know why he warns us? Because we need to be warned. That's why. Because the Lord often uses warnings and threatenings to guide his people in the right path. So it is important that we, that we take these warnings seriously. There is a presumptive element in popular Christian teaching today that says, you know, once saved, always saved. I can never fall away no matter what I do. It doesn't matter. Once I've had Jesus in my heart, I'm safe for eternity. You know, the Bible never really speaks like that. It does speak of, of persevering in faith and holiness. It does sp- speak of a perseverance. It does speak also of times of doubt and difficulty and darkness where we learn even more acutely to call upon the name of the Lord. You are safe in God's hands if you are in his hands. No one is able to snatch you out of his hands. You cannot fall away from true faith. But many deceive themselves, beloved, that their faith that they have is true faith when it is not actually. And this is why the warnings persist in Scripture. Warnings are often coupled with mercy in Scripture as well. Because the Lord would teach us in those warnings that these are a mercy to us. And so those dire warnings in the the book of Hebrews in chapter 3, chapter 6, chapter 10, they are followed with merciful sections. As it is here in Deuteronomy chapter 32. In Deuteronomy 32, you have this this section of judgment in chapter 32. But then in chapter 33, what does Moses do before he obeys that final command to go up to Mount Abarim and die? He blesses the children of Israel. Right? Okay, so these things are very helpful to us when we consider them in that broader context for a few moments. The other thing that I want to let you know about Deuteronomy 32 is that it was commanded not as a worship song. This isn't something that we would sing to God. This is not why it was given to Moses. Now the Psalms are given for that reason. They are called the book of praises. 
in the Hebrew. So we understand that there's a purpose for the Psalter. The song of Moses here in Deuteronomy 32 is not a praise song at all. It's a didactic song to teach the children of Israel the consequences of apostasy. And it was commanded not only that Moses would teach the children of Israel that, but when we get to the latter part of this chapter, we'll see that they were to teach their children the same song. So Deuteronomy 32 was supposed to be a generation upon generation upon generation song that the children of Israel were taught. Can I just say this, and this is my own opinion. I haven't done all of the necessary labor on it. But as we read through Deuteronomy 32... We should, in our own minds, because we read the Bible, ha- hear other passages of Scripture jumping off the page. In other words, Deuteronomy 32, being in the mouths of the people of God, specially from generation to generation, by way of commandment, we see that passage, that chapter, quoted all over the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. In, in other words, we might say that it actually was taught generation to generation. To the people of God because it becomes a very familiar passage in the mouths of other scripture writers. It'd be an interesting exercise, wouldn't it? To get out a, a, a book of cross-references or your own search terms on your, on, your, uh, on your electronic Bible and just start searching out the phraseology of Deuteronomy 32 and to see how often it comes up in other passages of scripture. Because I think they took Moses' commandment seriously, although they didn't take it seriously enough to keep them from apostasy. And that's the sad part, isn't it? Okay, with that then, let's just, uh, we're almost up against the hour here. Let's, let's make a few, uh, let's choose just a few sections here. Um, in verses 1 through 6, we have, um, we have the, the openness and clarity of the doctrine of the Lord as it comes through his servant Moses. He says it's going to drop down like rain. When it's raining, do you know it's raining? You know it's raining. That's right. So when God speaks his proper doctrine, you know God is teaching you. It's open. It's clear. God has not done this in a corner, has he? And then he will advertise they have corrupted themselves, their spot, their mark, On them is not the mark of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. Peter will tell the Jews of the first century, save yourselves from this perverse generation. There's one of those instances where those words come up. Do ye thus requite the Lord? This is a very interesting uh, thing to think about. What has the Lord done for his people? How will we requite him for what he has done? We'll, we'll see this elsewhere a little bit later on in the book of Isaiah, Lord willing, during our sermon today. Okay, so now verses 7 through 14, we have the blessings of the Lord upon the people. And they are copious blessings. They're widely distributed and widely advertised here. Um, Found him in a desert land. He fed him. Just like an eagle takes care of her young, so the Lord took care of them. All of those wonderful things. And and these these, uh, terms of ancient Near Eastern opulence. Butter, honey, milk, oil, sheep, kine. All of those wonderful things that meant opulence in the Old Testament. 
Now verse 15. But Jeshurun waxed fat. What is Jeshurun? It's two things that, that I want you to understand. We're going to hear it also in the next chapter, chapter 33. Jeshurun is, number one, it's a diminutive name. Put that un on the end of it, right? We say sweetie. They said Sweden. Sweeten, right? Sweetens. Something like that. Okay, so they put that, that un sound on the end to make it a diminutive. But it's not just the un. It's, it comes from the Hebrew word yashar. You can hear that. Yeshurun. Yashar. And Yashar means the upright ones. And so when the Lord chose a pet name for his people, he called them, you little upright ones, you little uh, obedient ones. Well, the Lord does that, doesn't he? He encourages us with such names as that. That's what Yeshurun means. Okay. It turns out that not many of them were. Some of them were, but not many of them. So he speaks then to Jeshurun as a whole. And what did they do with all of the good things that God gave them? They waxed fat. They grew thick. They are covered with fatness. And by, and by fatness here, understand indulgence. They loved the things and not the God who gave them. And so they began to seek after the things of the world and others that would give them those things. If a god down the street promised them riches and wealth, they went down the street. Right? So that's what we see here. And this makes up the great section of this chapter. The greatest section. Um, the Lord will, will, will talk about separating himself from his people and their gods. He will also talk about them... Uh, uh, he will repent himself concerning his servants. We see that in the Psalms. Psalm 135, once again, another phrase that works its way into other places of Scripture. But the Lord will distance himself from the, from the idolaters of his people, and he will draw near to that remnant of his people. We see that also in this chapter. Um, and then also in verse 43, the Lord will turn to the nations, and he will say, my people have turned from me. I will provoke them to jealousy with you. Paul picks that up in Romans chapters 10 and 11. Remember that the apostle Paul being a Pharisee would, would probably have had much of both Deuteronomy and Isaiah memorized. And we see that come into his writing here. All right, so then we have verse 44. And in verse 44, what do we have? Uh, Moses came and spake all the words of this song in the ears of the people. He and Joshua, that's Hashea there, the son of Nun. And Moses made an end of speaking. And then he said, set your heart to testify to these and make your children observe and do all these things as well. So Deuteronomy 32 was in the mouth not only of the people of God, but of their children. And then Moses' final command to be obeyed uh, from the Lord was that he was to go up to Mount Nebo and lay down there and die. He was denied entering into the land of promise because of his sin at Meribah Kadesh when he failed to sanctify the people before the Lord. This is what we would, we would uh, bring forth in uh, James chapter 3, verse 1. Let not many of you become masters, my brethren, knowing that we shall inherit or we shall endure the greater condemnation. 
the faithful man Moses, with one slip-up, keeps himself from the land. Right? There are things that we do, beloved, in a moment's thoughtlessness that will cost you the rest of your lives. Beware. Take Moses as an example. Yes, he was still blessed of God. I've told you the story before. Some of you haven't heard it yet. I had a friend in high school. We were at a pool party one day. And he dove in the shallow end, thoughtlessly. Broke his neck. Nothing but a memory from his chest down for the rest of his life. One thoughtless moment. Now sadly, uh, some of those moments are spiritual moments. One thoughtlessly spiritual moment that turns us away from the Lord for perhaps years to come. Locks us up in sin and misery. Oh, beloved, take thought. Take thought to sanctify the Lord in everything. In everything. All right, well, this ends the reading of Deuteronomy 32. Let's stand and continue praising God in the singing of psalms. We're going to go ahead.